Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. And welcome to a new episode of The Vault. And I'm so excited because today with me, I have Ryan Dowdy. And she's the founder of Be In The Room, a conscious leadership collective for smart, successful women. She's passionate about bringing women together to have the behind the scenes conversations that are needed to put the women in places of power, making more money and chasing their own version of success. She has been featured in major media outlets like Forbes and many, many more. And she's very passionate about building community. And I'm super excited to interview Ryan. So welcome, Ryan. Hi there. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So we were just chatting a little bit with each other about kind of a similar story we had in, in the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey. So would you like to share a little bit more with our audience what that journey looked like? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I spent 15 years in the corporate world in sales. So I sold advertising and marketing solutions, started selling radio advertising right out of college. And eventually I like to I retired from the corporate world as the director of sales for a digital marketing agency. So I, I did it all from individual contributor to channel sales manager, played in sales enablement, eventually grew my own team. And had one of those moments where I woke up and was like, this can't be it. Like, this can't be it. This can't be all that I put on this earth to do. And I just started looking. And I'll be honest with you, Sonia, it wasn't entrepreneurship immediately, right? Like, I thought I just needed an industry change. I'd been in marketing and advertising for so long that I was like, maybe I just need to go sell something else, right? And so as I started networking and connecting and talking to people, it's when it became really clear that entrepreneurship was an option. Because to me, I sold marketing and advertising solution to more brick and mortar style businesses. So businesses yeah. that had physical locations and sold products. And I didn't want to do any of that, right? Like I, I'm not an inventor. I don't want to sit or <laughs> yeah. like, so this whole consulting online space was brand new to me. And once I, I found it, I got really excited. And especially when I learned that there was a huge gap in the marketplace when I started my career in teaching sales, teaching sales to, to new entrepreneurs specifically. It was before the great resignation had a name. Coaches, consultants, course creators, service providers were, women were just leaving the corporate world in droves, but struggling to grow their businesses because they had a hard time on the sales and signing clients. So I played in the sales space for about three years. And at the end of last year, I had a really cool opportunity to reinvent myself. I had started a second business with a partner and that partnership went south. And so at the end of last year, I was like, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? And <laughs> one of the things that I had found so much joy in, in my coaching communities were 
the community, like watching the women come together and yeah. the conversations that we were having that weren't actually about business or weren't actually about sales. They were about life as a successful woman. And so that's that's kind of how Be in the Room was born, was this idea to give women the space to come together and say, yes, I'm wildly successful in this area in my life, but I'm a human and sometimes life sucks and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's not all butterflies and rainbows. And yeah, um, we celebrate the things that your friends and families don't understand. Like we just had a, an entire conversation in our Slack community. One of the women in our community signed a $150,000 contract for next year and to be able to celebrate that in a space where it feels safe. So, so that's kind of my story. So I landed here. Yeah, I love it. So was, was it a difficult shift for you to shift for so many years in sales to really building this community of empowered, successful women? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> I would so love to know more about the shadow side because uh, people don't talk a lot about that. So sometimes you need to go to, a, most of the time, obviously, you need to go to a very rough path in order for you to to make that shift. So Tell us a little bit more about that. I think a lot of listeners will recognize themselves. Yeah. So it was very interesting the way that it happened. So it was December of, of 2021 when I made the decision. And then January of 2022 that we launched the community. And at first it was gangbusters. Like we signed a whole bunch of members immediately. Like everybody was picking up on my energy and then immediately you get into like the, I can't afford it. That's too expensive. I'm not going to spend that much money just to be in a networking community. And then I started to get the objections. And then I got in my own head hard for a long time because I went from selling money, right? It was like, if you yeah. teach me, I'm going to teach you how to sell. And they're going yeah. to get a very tangible result from working with me. And you're going to know if it worked or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but now I'm like, come hang out. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some of the crap that you don't want to talk about, but you have to talk about or else you're going to explode. And it was just different. And I got so far into my own head of, is it valuable? And am I overcharging? And are people getting value out of this? And what's the ROI of what we do? And what's the problem that we're solving? Because I don't really want to solve a problem because I don't want a bunch of people in my community that have problems, right? Like yeah. I, yes, I, exactly. <laughs> I went through it all and it, it was really, really interesting to go on that journey it was very different than the journey in my first business because my first business, it was, I knew exactly how to solve the problem. I didn't know how to find the people, right? And so now it was like, I know exactly where to find the people, but I, I don't know what to say to really compel them in a way that that creates some level of urgency, right? Like what we have, honestly, what I sell, if I'm 100% honest, it's a, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. I, and I think that obviously, so uh, people buy from pleasure and because they want the next level of performance, for example, or leadership and not, not so because they really need it. And they, they do a scarcity buy, (laughs) for example. And so, and I had to relearn all of that because online entrepreneurship told me that was the way to do it. Right. Bring all the people in a room, teach them something magical, twist their arms, make them bleed, tell them you'll solve their problems if they give you their money before the timer runs out. Like, and I was just, so I, I went sharp right turn and I went through all of the growing pains and I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like we're just now coming out of them 11 months later. Yeah, but that's, that's good. I think when there is a lot of growing pain, I think something amazing must come from that. So yeah. tell me more about why do you think, what are people, what are women missing in current communities? What are they not getting? What do you think they're not getting and what would you what would you like to provide or what are you providing? So this is a broad brush trick, right? And 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 but the the communities that I was a part of, there were two different types that I kept finding over and over again. 
One, we're networking communities, right? Communities that we go to network, grow our business, pass referrals, all of that. And I love networking. I taught sales for years. Like I love networking. Networking is amazing. (laughs) But networking doesn't, a networking community isn't always a safe space to talk about what's going on behind the scenes. Because if I'm there, because I think that Sonia is my ideal client or connect me with my ideal client, maybe I don't want to tell Sonia that like, some days I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, right? Because that doesn't feel safe to tell somebody that because is she going to refer business to me, right? Mm. And so I, I saw a lot of that in networking communities. And it also winds up being full of a lot of newer business owners, right? Yeah. Because when we're new to business, that's what we do is we go and we network. But the more established we become in our business, it's not so much about like, I got to go network for business. Now we are building building community, right? We're building that that support system. And so that's that's really what I saw missing, right? Is the space yeah. from networking for for business versus now we're we're building, we're building that community, we're building that that support system. And so then the other side of that I saw in community were a lot of business coaching communities. And I mm. love business coaching. I was a business coach, I invested heavily in business coaching. But I saw women staying in very high ticket communities just because they wanted to be in the space, not so much because they were still learning from that business coach, right? Um, and to me, it was like we we serve an ecosystem of, of women who are past that point of needing a coach for everything, right? I think I love, like I said, I love coaching. I'm not anti-coaching, but at some yeah, point, I, mean, I, I get you know, what you mean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not about the next coach or the next strategy or the next blueprint. You're like, I know how to do it, but now I just don't want to do it by myself. I want to be surrounded by smart people. So I saw networking communities and I saw coaching communities. Um, but what I didn't see with, like I said, was that that safe space to say, some days I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. And I just signed a hundred thousand dollar contract and I'm terrified I won't make payroll next week. And I just had the biggest month I've ever had in my life. And it's more money than I made in an entire year or three years ago, right? Like to be able to say all of those things safely is what I know I personally was missing, right? I could I could say one or the other, but I couldn't just like fully take the mask off. I call it like the bag of rocks, put the backpack of rocks down and be like, okay, this is legitimately what's happening. Um, not to mention what's happening at home because I have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a husband, three mother-in-laws and God knows what else, right? Like, <laughs> so to be able to... So to be able to talk about yeah. all of those things in one space, that's what I saw missing. And that's what we created. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you, you said something about not having a coach or not always needing a coach. And yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think, and I love coaching. I'm 100%. <laughs> I'm a coach myself. Totally. So I'm 100% for coaches. But on the other hand, there is a part of self-coaching you need to do and self-leadership. So I know you wrote a book about self-leadership. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about the principles of self-leadership? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's a it's a key book that we have. We haven't turned it into a full book. It's coming. It's coming in 2023. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, digging into all of the 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 principles. So I basically, so when I, I set down my coaching, my my sales coaching program, I really started asking myself, what was the difference? between the people who got great results and the people who didn't, right? Because in Mm -hmm. all group coaching programs, we all have access to the same materials, right? We still get, we get the same coaching calls. We get the same membership site. Like why were some people able to take that material and turn it into a multiple six-figure business? Some people able to take it and make a little bit of money. And then some people didn't have any kind of results at all, right? Like, and I kept asking myself that question, why, why, why? And I would just journal through it. Like, it's it's very interesting. I would just journal through it. Like, why I'd go through like client by client. This is this person's problem and this person's problem. This is why this person killed it. And I really came down to like, there were six core things. It was, it was, it was much uglier than that, but 
Fast forward, we came up with six core things that really kind of created this, these self-leadership principles. And so they are self-trust, self-personal responsibility, self-awareness, self-concept, emotional intelligence, and growth mindset, mm. right? For those six I love things. Those. <laughs> and, and again, none of them new concepts, right? Like I'm not over here trying to pretend that I invented something new, but it was like, if we can master these six things to lead ourselves so that we can lead others, we will all be dramatically more successful, right? So really learning to trust ourselves, really understanding the role that we play in our success, having that true self-awareness of, of what we're good at and what we're not, that self-concept of how do we see ourselves? Yeah. Um, and then obviously growth mindset and emotional intelligence are just the basic kind of building blocks of, of how do we become thought leaders and, and leaders in general. So I boiled it down to that and I wrote just an ebook. I was like, I got to get it out of my head. And so that's why the ebook is out in the world. But in 23, we have it on the, the docket to turn it into a full a full book to really dig into the principles, probably do a little bit of interviews and tell people's like stories around people really discovering those things about themselves. So it was it's a fun journey and it's a topic that I'm still getting comfortable teaching on because again, it, it's just it's super uncomfortable, right? You're like, hand me a room full of a hundred people and you say, Ryan, go teach them how to sell. I'm like, okay, let's go. Right. Um, I, I completely get where you're coming from because I told you about the two different mm -hmm. businesses that I have, the high performance business for yep. one specific group and the, and, and the business coaching part mm -hmm. of it. And it's what you say, it's easier to have like this tangible result and just talking about that instead of, listen, this is what can happen for you. And this is this these are all the results that you can get, which are which which will bring the success in, which sure. are like these principles that will bring the success in. That's how I ever became successful at anything by doing that, by by having that leadership inside and being consistent and getting to know myself, still doing that, by the way, of course, yeah. like everybody else. But it's it's so important to know yourself and to trust yourself. And I love that you say trust because yeah. It's not confidence, it's trust that, yeah. that you're building. So yeah. tell me what, what you talked about vulnerability. Why do you think that vulnerability is so important for women leaders? Oh, it's, it's so funny. We just had this conversation recently. Like we, we see vulnerability as a strength in somebody else and a weakness in ourselves, right? When somebody else is vulnerable, we're like, oh, she's so brave. And then when we do it, we're like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to think I don't know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> I think... That vulnerability for, for women leaders is, is so important because vulnerability and transparency is what really breeds trust, right? So for us as leaders, if we want people to trust us and, and people being, whether you are leading a team of people in, in your job or you are trying to sign clients as a coach consultant, people have to, they have to want to follow you. They have to want to trust you. They want to have to hear what you have to say. And nobody wants the picture perfect all of the time. Everything's butterflies and rainbows and daisies story. Like that's just, it, it. I think for a long time that was very attractive. And now that we all know that most of those people talking about their butterflies and their rainbows are full of, full of it. Yes. We are now, okay, tell me the real story, right? Like tell me what actually happened. Tell me what you actually had to do to get there. And so I think that that vulnerability of really sometimes saying, I don't hundred percent know what I'm doing right now, but my gut is taking me in this direction or the data tells us we should make this decision is going to get people bought in on your story and your mission so much more than claiming you know what you're doing when you don't. So for me, that vulnerability is so important is because it allows other people around us to be vulnerable with us, right? To tell us some days exactly. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, right? So I think we, we need to model the behavior we expect from others. 
Yeah, absolutely. I hundred percent agree. It's it's also about becoming and being more authentic and authentic. And I think this is a difficult point for women specifically, mm -hmm. right? Because women always need to do everything. They need to, to be the best mom. They need to be the best wife. They <laughs> Yeah. They need to be good looking. They need to have the success and the money and doing everything. So what would you say that the first point is for women feeling, for example, overwhelmed or expecting so much of themselves that they don't really focus on what it is they would love to create? Yeah. The first thing I would say is to like stop and breathe. It's it's so interesting that we wind up in this place a lot as women, right? The number of women I mentioned, they're like, I'm so overwhelmed. My calendar is full. I've got a big pull in 800 different directions. And then when you ask them like, but why are you doing that? Like, oh, you, you run carpool four days a week. Why? Like, what about the other moms in that carpool? Or can your kid get on the bus? Or where's your partner? Can your partner do it? Like ask me, like, but why? Like oftentimes so much of the things that are overwhelming us or feel like too much are self-induced. Yeah, exactly. By not saying no or not setting right. boundaries, right? Right. We just here, here in the States at the time of this recording, we just got through Thanksgiving and there was so much, I really appreciated it, so much content around the idea that like your kids really don't care about the perfect dining room and the, the pretty tablecloth and the candles, right? Like that's not what they're going to remember. They're going to remember how you reacted. And if you run around all day, like a chick with your head cut off, pissed off and angry because we're trying to get the meal on tables, like really think about like, why is that? Why do we care about those things? So to go back to your initial question for me, it's like taking a step back and asking, what do you really want? Yeah. What, like, what does really success want? and fulfillment look like to you? Because that, that was my challenge. Like I, I did it three times. I created three different versions of myself in my corporate career, business one and business two, where I never stopped to ask, what do I want? I followed somebody else's path, right? It was like, wow. okay, that, that's, that's the way to do that, right? Go to college, get a job, climb the ladder, right? That was number one. Number two, I built a business that looked just like my business coaches. And then number three, I built a business with a partner and didn't listen to my own intuition and wound up with the business that I hated. So it really came down to what do I want? Like, what does fulfillment look like for me? So when you're in that season of overwhelm and it feels like it's so heavy, start evaluating like all the different things and hats that you wear and asking yourself why and what's important to me in this, right? If you determine that that carpool, you love carpool because it gives you an extra 30 minutes every morning with your kids, like game on, then do that. But if you really hate this thing over here, how can you get that off your plate or do less of it? Or like you said, set a boundary, ask somebody else for support. But so often we think that we don't have a choice. Yeah, it is because there, there is, of course, a narrative from the past. <laughs> Some cultures, for example, my background is Yugoslavian. So I was born and raised in Amsterdam, but my background is Yugoslavian. So yeah, in that culture, there is also a lot like expectations towards women Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you are a successful woman and you're you 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 have your boundaries, it's very it's very strange. So different cultures run into you have cultural things that that can play a role. You have your environment. <laughs> there is so much that can play a role, but definitely what is the one thing that you would love to break a mindset in when it comes to women and success and fulfillment? The biggest mindset that I would like to break is that there is a definition of success other than your own, meaning that like your version of success is for you, whatever you think success looks like. And 
that I think is the biggest misconception we all have is that there is a blueprint of success. And at some point in time, we're going to arrive there. Mm -hmm. But like you said, so often that blueprint is cultural right? It's not actually what we want. So for me, I, I really, when things really started to change dramatically for me, Sonia, was when I said like, what, but why am I doing that? Right? Like, do I, do I want to have that many live coaching calls on my calendar? No, yeah. no. Right. So I want to run a successful business that makes a lot of money, but I don't want to coach live five days a week. Yeah, me, exactly. It's not mean. So I, I could build a wildly successful business, but if I'm live five days a week and I don't want to be, that's not success. Right. And I know that that's just such a small, tiny example, but it's like, what, what do you value? Like what's important to you? Your exactly. version of success doesn't have to be somebody else's. It doesn't have to be the size of your business or the amount of money you make or your position or your title. Like for everybody, it means something different, but we think we're all like, there's some brass ring somewhere that we're going to, we're going to capture, right? Like the pot of gold over the rainbow that yeah. like, we're all going to find. White rabbits. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it looks different for everybody. And yeah, exactly. so stop trying to impose somebody else's story or version of success or achievements as your own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I actually had that following someone else's blueprint, right, for something, a coach or something. And then I ended up like, listen, I, I'm not that happy at this moment. This is not what I, what I thought I wanted it, but I noticed, I felt that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So right. so important what you said with the value. So to all the listeners, I would say if you if you have only your top five values, write them down and make sure with everything that you're doing that you're in line with your values. Mm -hmm. And you will know when you're not in line with your values, when you when you don't have this list, you, you, you just keep on going and chasing the white rabbits and <laughs> not accomplishments. And meanwhile, at the end of the journey, how, how fulfilled will you be? What is right. real success? So uh, tell me more about um, about what, what what do you see this community developing in? What is the, what is the ultimate mission? Tell, yeah. tell us your why. <laughs> yeah. So the, the mission that you know, is, is printed on our website, if you will, I'm going to tell you two stories, right? It says that we are, we are a movement of women of action who rebel against the status quo and build a life of success on our own terms. Right. And so for me, what that ultimately means is that we, again, we define our own version of success by, by questioning everything. Why do we do it this way? Why does it look this way? Do I have to do it that way? And that that's kind of the, the simpler way. But what I'm learning, and it's funny, because as I told you, I've been in a year of reinvention, is like, what is my true purpose? And I really love business, both as, as an entrepreneur, but even in my corporate career, like I loved my job. I loved my work. I was good at it. I had fun doing it. It created, I met cool people and I traveled to cool places and it, it was really lovely. And so for me, I think that what I really want to do, big picture, is to change the way that business is done by transforming female leaders, right? And what I mean by that is that we create companies that actually support women. Yeah. Uh, whether we do that as the CEO or whether we do that as a leader inside of somebody else's organization, but like, what does a culture of contribution look like, right? Like what, how can we do the jobs that we love, use the gifts that we've been given and make a huge impact without the narrative that we've been told, you got to work nine to five and you got to work 40 hours a week and you got to, and, and I'd be curious in your culture, but you know, in the United States, we don't vacation time, Shh, stop it. Right. Like we don't do that here. That's, I mean, we do, but do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I have their vacations. And so yeah. for me, I really want to, I want women to be able to contribute to the business world in a really powerful, impactful way and still be able to be 
amazing moms and wives and whoever the heck they want to be outside of life, like, or outside of work. Like I want both of those things to exist for women. And I think that's really like my heart is if we can empower women and bring women together and put more women in more places of power and more places of leadership and talk about how did you feel clipped as a woman in this organization? And then how do we do that differently in our own businesses? Or how do we empower our clients differently? I'll give you a specific example. So my first son, my first kiddo, he is almost six at the time of this recording. And when I was pregnant with him, I was still in the corporate world. It was traveling and I was a channel sales manager. I was the only woman on an all-male team. It's probably the youngest by about 10 years. And I, we went to a meeting in Rochester, New York at the like headquarters. And it was the CEO of the company and the CEO of another company. We worked with sister companies and like the director and all these people. Only woman, about eight of us in the room. And I'm pregnant, like super pregnant. And like nobody, <laughs> nobody talks about me being pregnant. Like there is no, how are you? How are you feeling? No. What's going on? What are you uh, do? We just didn't talk about it. Like it was obviously oh discussed gosh. from an HR perspective, right? Like when's your leave? I can relate so much. <laughs> but like it was just like this giant thing that, that just wasn't discussed. And at the time, it didn't even occur to me that that was weird. And now I'm like, nobody acknowledged the fact that accepted. I- it's just except I had the exact same thing. Exact right. same thing. Like uh, I-, I was traveling to France every six weeks for our, for the corporate job as a sales manager that I had. And I was, I was, I was highly pr- pregnant. Yeah. Right. So by the end I was going with the car. Nobody was asking me. Yeah. And like, that's just one example of like, how do we make sure that a woman never feels like that in a meeting ever again? Exactly. Like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm not pregnant right now. Yeah. <laughs> just think this is going to tell me away. <laughs> Let's just hide it. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, when you say it, I'm in my mouth every yeah, two hours because I'm starving because I'm growing a human. And, and again, that's just one very kind of dramatic example. But yeah, if we can change that, if we can, like, I didn't feel comfortable bringing it up. That's, there's something wrong with that. And that's mm-hmm. really the transformation I want to make. And I think that we do that as banding together as women. And we figure out how do we how do we change the story as a whole? How do we create space? I love to that. Yeah. It's genius. And still, if you want to have kids, and if you don't want to have kids, let's not berate you for that either, right? Like, oh, you're yeah. Start. Like, no, dude, like, just do what you want to do. It's like they say with men, we never, we never ask a man, like, are you going to come back to work after you have that kid? Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're getting oh older, you're going to get married and have kids. Like, we don't do that to men. No. Why do we do that to women? And that's really the, the story that I want to change. And then in entrepreneur land, I want to make sure that we're not just, I, I, somebody said this to me, I think it's so true, just painting the patriarchy pink, right? Like we're not just recreating the same thing over and over and over again with a woman in the driver's seat instead of a man, because that's not helpful either. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to have this feminine woman who is, who is standing in masculine power completely, right? Right. But just, just creating her own freedom. Yes. And I love it. And now that you mentioned all the stories from corporate, I just had this like huge flashback and I think, oh my gosh, yes, it was so bad. It was so bad in the way that I felt also as a manager in a male environment, like mostly. And then, you know, when, when, when you compare it to when you are an entrepreneur, you have this freedom and we get to connect and we get to do interviews and we get to travel and do all the amazing stuff. It's really like building, building this ultimate freedom. Like it's, it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about, so if you would, would be the last person who could do for a huge arena of women, 
who could do a talk, like a, 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 a one thing that you must share with them mm-hmm. and their change of mind is depending on you. What would you share? What, what would your message be to this, these women listening to this podcast in this occasion? Stop putting yourself last. That's really like when I think about the self-leadership principles and what it's about, it's your relationship with you. And as women, and I don't know if men do this, I don't talk to as many men as I do women in business, but like we put ourselves last. We are the last thing, right? When it comes to self-trust and self-awareness and personal responsibility, we pour into so many other people. We pour into our businesses, we pour into our teams, we pour into our families, we pour into our communities, pour into our churches, we pour into our kids' schools, right? Like we do all of that. And at the end of the day, we are lucky if we could take our makeup off and pour ourselves into bed and we have taken no time at all for ourselves. Exactly. And as we continue, like that is the definition of burnout, right? Yeah. Um, you can't be creative in that space, right? You can't create from that space. And when I say create, I mean ideas for your business or ideas for your career or whatever it is that you do. Like you can't, you, they say you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You can't, you can't create when there's no energy left for creativity. And so if I'm standing in a room full of women or an arena full of women, I'm told, stop putting yourself last. Because you think you're being selfless in doing that, but really, you're really not, right? I mean, you're not serving anybody by putting yourself last. When you put yourself first, you can be so much more in tune and more creative and sharper and vibrant for all of the things that you want to pour into. But we do it all backwards. And I think it's what's got us into the place we are in today where the data is telling us like women are leaving corporate in droves. They didn't go back after COVID over in entrepreneur land. There's plenty of women starting businesses, which is amazing, but we're making pennies on the dollar compared to our male counterparts. If you look at the data, right? And it's all because we put ourselves last, right? Mm. And I think if we could stop doing that, we would we could we could change a lot of the narratives around women in leadership. I love it. It was so powerful, punchy. <laughs> yeah, that that's great. So um, tell us where people can find out more about you. Yeah. And your work um, and your community, of course. Yeah. So a couple of places, if you would, information in general, beintheroom.org is a great, is our website. You can find out about our community and our events there. On social media, we have a Facebook community called Be In The Room. On Instagram, we're at Be In The Room Official. On TikTok, we're at Be In The Room Official. On LinkedIn, I'm just Ryan Dowdy. I am an avid and open connector. And I do have that ebook, if you don't mind me sharing our ebook for the self-leadership principles. It's uncensoredconsulting.com forward slash leadership. So uncensoredconsulting.com forward slash leadership. Uh, it, all the different projects that I work on are actually on that page as well. You can get to be in the room from a, there as well. But uncensored or uncensoredconsulting.com forward slash leadership is that that ebook where I break down each of the self-leadership principles, give you some examples, some homework assignments of like, how do I really improve this relationship with myself? Oh, that's amazing. And it will be in the show notes, guys. So I would say grab it and please check it out. And one last question. Um, what is the one question that nobody ever asked you, but you would love to answer? Oh, that's a really good one. What is the one question? And nobody ever asked, but I would love to answer. Hmm. What is the one question that nobody ever asks? I think it's around, I don't know if this is a specific question, but I'm going to, I'm going to pose it this way. Anyway, I just recorded some content around this around like, what kind of support do you have to be successful? And the reason that I, I love that question is because again, so often we see women 
on the internet doing amazing things. And we just assume that she's superwoman, right? Like she has something I don't, she knows something I don't, or whatever story we tell ourselves. But we, we forget to ask like, what kind of support do you have? Right? Like what side of support do you have? Because you will learn that most highly successful people are not doing it alone. Right? Yeah, exactly. And we here as yeah. like total martyrs of like, okay, I got to do it all by myself. I got to figure this out. You know, again, I use the example of you, you got to run carpool and you got to do this and you got to do that. Truth of the matter is my friends, I don't do any of it. I have my husband and stays at home with our kids and he 110% manages our household. So I don't meal prep. I don't grocery shop. I don't pick up. I don't drop off. I'll do any of it. And I, I think that's important to talk about because again, sometimes they're like, oh, how does she do it all? And it's like, I don't, not even a little bit. Somebody cleans my house <laughs> once a week. Uh, you impossible. Know. <laughs> no, it, it is impossible, but we don't exactly. talk about it. Yeah. And it, it spurs from a conversation. I know we're running a little long on time. I had a few weeks ago with some women who much older than me, probably about 20 years on me, were talking about how, you know, we need more women in leadership roles. And I said, no, I think a lot of the reason, and they were specifically referring to the corporate world. But I think one of the reasons that we struggle sometimes is like, it's, it's hard to step into a leadership role in business if we don't have support at home. Exactly. I, my husband supports me too. He does yeah. most of the cooking and the grocery yeah. shopping and all of that. Yeah. Because but, but nobody talks about that. Like, nobody talks about it. It's, it's as I said, different cultures. And it's, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. It's yeah. just like you need a support system. You need, besides having team and having people helping you and the people that you partner with, whatever, you just need the, the home base to support you. And I'm blessed yeah. to have that, to be honest. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I, I also ask for it. it. I, I, yes. I ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> And thank you for saying that too, right? Yeah. I have support because I have asked for support. I asked. Um, I didn't expect anybody to read my mind. I didn't expect my husband to just figure out what I needed him to do. We talked about it. Like this is when I was running the house, this is what I did. And this is what I need from you. And because I think we talk so much about team at work, right? We're like, you should mm -hmm. hire, right? Like stay in your zone of genius. But frankly, if you were trying to be whoever you're trying to be in your day-to-day -day life, if you don't have support at home, whether it's paid support or your spouse or your mother-in-law or whoever it is, right? It, it exactly. is impossible to do it all alone. And I wish we would talk more about the support systems that we do or do not have at home because that, that makes a difference. And I don't care what anybody says, it makes a difference. Well, I would say I think that that is absolutely amazing. And if you would like to hear an episode where we dive completely into a support system, yes. leave, a, leave a rating and a comment and we will definitely have Rowdy back. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for the conversation. And I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. And for you guys, we will see each other next week where we will up level again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general. The one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper. And see you next week to level up again.